Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. What is your process from here when you start to think about what you want to do next? Because obviously it's going to be huge speculation. I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep as good as I can tonight. And then, and, uh... Or, you know, you want to figure stuff out? I mean, I would suppose... No, I'm not, you know, I, this has been a lot of focus on, you know, this game, so... Yeah. It's just be one day at a time, truly. The field and I, we were emotions any different than the end of another season at the end of last season? How did... That sort of compared what the feeling usually would be. Yeah, it just feels like the end of the season, so. Sports Radio WEEI, Christian Arkin, Megan Adelini here with you until 6 o'clock. We'll be joined by the Razor, Andrew Raycroft, later on this hour. We'll take a break from the uh, football news and talk Bruins with him. I think it's just Razor. Just Razor? It's not the Razor. I can't call him the Razor? No. I mean, you can ask him. You're okay. going to talk to him in like a half hour. Yeah, so all right. We'll get that straightened that. out. Uh, the Razor? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't think probably, anybody like calls Razor me Ramon, like you know? The Mego. The That'd Mego? Be That'd be cool if you were like The Mego. giant <laughs> shark. <laughs> That's The Meg. Oh, the I'm Meg, sorry. yeah, right. Uh, remember The Rick? The Rick? The Rick. Remember it was um, who was it was that actor uh, who was always wearing a Bruins hat. And he did like a character for ESPN. He was like The Rick. <laughs> And he was like a Boston sports fan. You know what I'm talking about? Are you about? talking about the Fitzy? No, uh, he's kind of like, yeah, he's kind of like Fitzy, but um, uh, it was Mike O'Malley, I want to say. And he was the Rick. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. that's Mike O'Malley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google just said, did you mean the Rock? No, not the no, Rock. I did not mean, I know who the Rock is. The Google, Razor is the nickname everybody was trying to get going for Gillette back in the day. That's true. And I think that's never really any day now. Wow. Yeah. Any day now. Never My really mom used there. it once a couple weeks ago, and I was like, "What are you doing? Where are you talking about?" Like nobody calls it that, mom. Stop um, trying to be cool, yeah. mom. Come on, mom. She called beans. Stop it, trying to make the she razor happen. Boston the bean. She called it the hub. Yeah. The hub. <laughs> Even worse. Um, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. That was Tom Brady after the uh, last game of the season with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting asked about his future and blowing off the question. Well, uh, let me tell you something. He's tired of people asking him that question. Well, yes? that, I will say that was a very like natural Brady. Yeah. On the podium, he's, he's obviously like exhausted. He's like, you know. Kind of lying. Like, that's natural, Brady. Kind of lying. Saying, like, I haven't even thought about it. I've been thinking about this game. Of course he's thinking about it. Of course, of course. like, Saturday, he's preparing for the game and everything. And then he's like, I wonder where I'll be at this time next year. Tom. You know? He's probably got the new the plan all plotted out, and he was working on it, you know, in the weeks leading up to the game. I wouldn't be surprised by that either. Tom. Anyways, uh, Jim Gray, who you just so heard right there. teach guys how to grind, or yeah. is that innate? Can you show me how to grind, Tom? 
That and I'm, ta- I'm talking about the dance. You know what I mean, Tom. To the um, window, to the wall. <laughs> Jim Gray uh, asked Tom if he knew what he was going to do or if he had a timetable. It wasn't even asking him where are you going to go. It's do you have a timetable for when you're going to make your decision. And Tom Brady was not having it. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's I only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Did you just say you're scratching, and then he said you're scratchy? Yes. See, they have fun. I know his nickname, he calls him scratchy, which I still don't know why he does that, but he goes, you're scratching. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> You're scratching. It's only the question that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. Okay. Um, What do we think of Tom Brady's expletive-laden outburst? If I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. It's so weird. It's like a moody teenager. No, it's just weird because it's like so scripted because... You didn't think that was authentic? You know that they sit down and they plan out the questions and everything. And Mm -hmm. obviously this was going to be the number one thing that he gets asked on his own podcast. Yeah. So for him to be like, I'm dropping F-bombs because I'm so sick of it, but you're also my friend. So Tired you know of all I'm the saying. paparazzi asking me questions on my own podcast. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Okay, Thanks, Ratchie. <laughs> sounds, really, sounds like a really tough existence, a tough it's life. Just, it's just weird. Like, what was the point? Is that supposed to make him cool? Like, come on, man. Maybe it's Get off my back, Scratch. A warning shot to all the other people out there not to ask him about it. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Either way, it was weird. Tom Brady, like 20 years ago, hosted SNL, and he was more natural on SNL. And he wasn't very good, but he was more natural on SNL well, than he was in this past clip. Yeah, This obviously. is performative is what it is. And he there's a message that he wants to get out there, and the message is, I don't effing know, so don't even ask. And I'm doing this in the safest space, which is my own podcast with my friend, and I tell him what questions to ask me, but it's still just, it's a weird way to communicate it. I'm not from Boston. I'm from California. Oh, Tom, I love it when you take that nasty tone with me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, like, I don't even know. Swear what, at me some more, Tom. More Tom, you're leaving everybody it. guessing. Except that it's just, it's just a strange way to communicate it. Tom, call me a dirty little pig boy and <laughs> spit in my mouth. <laughs> Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done Oh, yes, Just playing that on a loop over and yes. over and over. Keep saying that. Keep, say, keep saying mean things to me, Tom. I love it. <laughs> Tom, <laughs> I haven't had a... Fi- it hasn't moved like this in years. Yeah, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Yes. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. Okay, you keep doing that, Tom. You do whatever you need to do, Tom. Gross. You Larry Fitzgerald him. is like, wow, this just got really uncomfortable. <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald's like, I'm um, here too. Can I go? <laughs> or, uh, you guys, you guys just, uh, you gonna keep doing this or what? What's going on here? Should call his podcast. Let's go to counseling. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to Larry Fitzgerald sitting there uncomfortably. Okay, I'm taking a day at a time. <laughs> okay, since you're antagonized oh, by the question, boy, I oh sense. no, I have hit a nerve. Not the only thing I'm <laughs> sensing right now, if you know what I mean. Stop. <laughs> Why is this getting romantic? I don't know. It just is. I always thought that there was a weird thing going on there between those two. Um, it's certainly from the from the gray side. Maybe not from the Brady side. Uh, why do you think he follows him around and has his, his little uh, media lapdog all the time? Because he gets paid a lot of money for it. You think he does? Like, yeah. How much do you think Jim Gray is I have realistically absolute, getting? I, I don't even know what the ballpark is, but it's a <laughs> lot of money. 
It's a Tom. lot of money. People make money off these podcasts. Yeah, they do. Tom. Tom. Tim. Sponsored by the, the fine folks at Macy's. Can we hit the phones real quick? Because there fine are people folks at Macy's who... aren't going to like that dirty language you're using there, Tom. But They're I never going to let me return this. It's soiled. Oh, <laughs> I, I need to get away from this segment. Like, I desperately need to escape this segment. Okay, okay. So I'm going to go to my friends on the phones because they want to talk to... Talk about Bill Belichick. I want to start with David because Tom. so I asked in the last segment whether it bothers you or whether you feel like Belichick needs to say that this past season was a mistake, that the coaches he put in place were were a mistake. Here's David in the car. David, you're on. Hey guys, good afternoon. Great show as always. Thanks, Thank you David. for taking the call. So he should not admit it, and this is why I feel that way. I know a stance. We, we all want to hear. We want him to say, well, I messed up, this and that. But a great leader and, and a great a person who's really good at what they do, you don't admit your mistakes. You know, there's some quotes out there about admitting things like that. It, it makes you look like a failure once you start doing that. We know what happened. We know it was a mistake. You know, we're not stupid. There's a lot of smart people out here. And you can read between the lines what he was trying to do. And we know that. So we don't need him to admit to his favor. Because if he does, it makes him weak. David, can you explain to me, like, read between the lines what he was trying to do? I'm not not trying to be an a-hole. Like, what do you actually think he was trying to do this last season? What he was trying to do, he was trying to give his friends, an opportunity. He was trying to throw out a different scheme that he thought it was going to work. We all do that in life, in, in businesses and everything else. We try different things to see if it's going to work. So he had nothing. I don't want to say he didn't have anything to lose, but he also <laughs> he didn't have anything to lose. An David, well, are you kidding me? Anything to lose? He set the franchise back five years. He might have ruined his quarterback. Well, he might have lost everything, David. I, th- I think there was a plan all along to get Billy O'Brien here. Oh boy. And last year was not, they weren't able to do it. All right. So you kind of have this one year in between is what do you do? I mean, you I, I go wanna... somewhere. If you can't get O'Brien, then you go somewhere else. You go a different direction. You don't hire two guys who have no idea what they're doing. Yes. And, and put them there and leave them there all year. I mean, come on. So what do you make? Put your tinfoil hat on. What do you make? Because I've seen a couple people put this out there. Uh-huh. This was the plan all along. You just went full wind horse meme, by the way, with the fingers. Bill O'Brien. That's because I'm talking about a conspiracy. Now, okay. why is that? Bill O'Brien <laughs> was the plan all along. Uh-huh. Once Bill Belichick found out that he couldn't get Bill O'Brien last season, he didn't want to bring somebody in for one year. I've heard that before, yeah. He didn't want to bring somebody. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't heard it from, like, a reputable report? No. It's just an idea. Because I think that people feel very strongly they want to believe that Belichick has a plan for everything. Right. Even though recent history has shown that he tends to fly by the seat of his pants more often than not on a lot of these situations. So I'm wondering if you feel like there, what, what is the real possibility, the likelihood that this was the plan, that this was a filler, filler year, this was a throwaway year, this was a bridge year. And Bill O'Brien was always going to come here this year, so who cares about this past year? If that was the plan, then Bill should step down, honestly. If that was really his plan, if that's what he thought would, would be the best thing for the team and he thought that that would work and he didn't consider the potential damage it would do to Mac Jones and the rest of the offense and sort of everything else, and he just said, all right, this is who I want and this is what it's going to be and this is the plan all along and I'm going to sacrifice this year, 
then I think, yeah, that's that's enough for me right there to think that maybe this is not for him anymore. You know what I mean? Like, if that if that's really what he thought, if that was really the plan, then that's a terrible plan. Let me throw this little wrinkle into it. If Bill O'Brien was always the plan that he was going to be here for this upcoming season, why did Bill Belichick then try to go put in a, an extremely complicated new blocking scheme for his offensive line? Right. Not the Sarkeesian offense. Right, it's not the it's not the Alabama offense. They were trying to run a Shanahan offense. So yeah, that doesn't that even they that doesn't no line up. That they had no experience in. Yeah. That nobody had any experience in. And if you if you Google this offense, one of the first things that comes up is an article from Sports Illustrated like three years ago that somebody wrote about how hard this offense is to install and how it takes years. And you absolutely have to have somebody who's coached it for years in order to put it into place and communicate it to players. And you have to be dedicated to it. Yeah, I don't and then they th- yeah. scrapped it halfway through. I don't think that that was the plan all along, was to throw away last year uh, and wait for Bill O'Brien. I think maybe they tried to get O'Brien and they couldn't, and then they could have gone any number of other directions if they wanted to. And the direction that they went in was just a bad direction. I'm sorry. I mean, I think that if Patricia and Judge had succeeded last year, then they would have got extended and they would have been, you know, kept around and that would have been the offense going forward. If they had, you know, shocked the world and run a competent offense and Mac Jones was good and they made it to the playoffs again and all that, you know, Bill could shake his ass in everyone's face and they could stay there forever and forget Bill O'Brien. But that's not what happened. So, you know, here we are. If you have watched the Patriots for decades and you have watched Belichick coach and you've read all his availabilities, his interviews, listened to him and everything, what would indicate to you that he would be comfortable with absolutely throwing away a year? Nothing. Do you think that he wasn't trying in the year with Cam Newton? Like, he knew that that wasn't a good team and that wasn't a good team and he sat there and he started making weird excuses to Charlie Weiss about, you know, how they had spent so much money when Brady was here in order right. to continue to compete for a Super Bowl every year. And it wasn't really Belichick-like, but he was still coaching his ass off through that entire season. He doesn't approach a season going, you know, this isn't really about 2022. It's about 2023. It's about 2024. Like, he, what makes you think that he would operate that way? Yeah, I, I don't really see any. I think that there was a rebuild that happened, obviously, when Brady left and that Cam Newton was maybe part of it for a one-year bridge, but that wasn't a year where he was expecting to miss the playoffs or anything. I mean, I don't think that was that was in the in the, in the part of the plan. And uh, now I don't think missing the playoffs this year was part of the plan either. I think that these were just errors that he made, you know, really, uh, thinking that anyone could replace Tom Brady and then thinking that anybody could replace Josh McDaniels. Those were the two main mistakes that he made, and he's still sort of suffering for him now. This uh, explicit is calculus. It's true. 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. We'll get to your phone calls. And uh, coming up next, we will also get a little bit of insight from Tommy Kern, who was on with Gresham Fourier today. We'll do that next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color, starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Look at this. What do you think of this? Not bad. Got a little uh, Stevie Nicks thing going on there. Yeah. Stevie Nicks meets Elaine Bennis. Shut up. (laughs) It's like too obvious of a joke now, but... Everybody makes that joke. It's true. That's a bad one, right? We have to... There has to be another reference for a woman who's bad at dancing other than Elaine Bennis. It's not bad dancing. I mean, it is bad dancing. It's creative dancing. (laughs) It's interpretive dancing. It's interpretive... It's um, um, vulnerable dancing is what it is because I don't care what anyone thinks. There you go. Like, no one's watching. Just uh, how my body moves. Not a little, great. A little something for the Twitch this chat there. This isn't about, like, <laughs> being attractive. This is about expressing myself. So right. Everybody danced at the first Woodstock. That's true. Every single one of them. There's been too many Woodstock references recently. We've had, what, two? Yeah, last two days. Two in two days. Is that too much? Too much. Okay. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Look at this. While we rock Woo! out here. Uh, Tommy Curran was on with uh, Gresham Fourier today. Gresham Fourier, who, by the way, did not uh, have any sort of gastrointestinal uh, distress in the studio that today. That we which, know of. That it we're was, aware of. It was much better coming into the studio today. Uh, when we walked in today, we both were not overwhelmed by a, by a horrible odor. And that was that was a step up from yesterday. So that, that was happened, good. That happened to me last night, though, because uh, my dog is having some gastrointestinal oh, no. distress. Oh, so you had it all day like, long, There's huh? nothing just quick detour nothing worse in the world than a dog fart <laughs> mm. and like like whatever your giant head and this wasn't like a dog fart it was like all night it was like just she got into the garbage a couple days ago yeah, that'll do and it. she uh she had a great time and i've been paying for it for the last couple days and it's disgusting i don't know how how dog farts do this but they're like miss they're like uh, heat seeking missiles <laughs> The dog can be farting on the other end of the room, and it will find your. It'll go right up your nose. It's unbelievable. And like I don't know how they like, do that. What is wrong with your body? <laughs> like what is, what is dying inside of you? Yeah. That's um, feeling tension. I think my, uh, my cat could clear a room. I just look at him and go, "What the hell is wrong with you, man?" Now I know why he, he makes it in his litter box and he takes off because he's like, "I got to get the hell out of here." <laughs> like babies 
they're not, it's not that bad, right? I mean, sometimes you uh, open the diaper and you're like, wow, it's bad. Yeah. And you have a diaper blowout, but it's not like a dog fart. Um, no. A it's dog not fart quite the is same. epically to- toxic. That's why you can never blame it on the dog because everybody knows what a dog fart is like. It's That's horrible. That's true. Um, yeah, and that is uh, that is certainly tough. This has been Dog Fart Corner. Let's move on. <laughs> um, Fourier, though, yeah, today, not bad. And they had Tommy Curran on, and Curran had some... Speaking of dog farts. ...thoughts about the uh, power that Bill O'Brien might wield. Here's Tommy Curran talking about O'Brien's control over the offense. So does O'Brien coach the offense and the quarterback, or is that he's splitting those those duties up? Dude. Just at first blush, I would imagine that, that, that it's the first one. Coach the quarterback, coach the offense, take complete and total utter yeah. control of it and run everything so that you don't have conflicting um, messages. And that's mm-hmm. the thing with Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, in my estimation, Christian. You might value them as coaches, but you don't need voices that are going to have hangover from last season saying, well, that's not really what we were doing last year, Billy. I don't know if he's going to understand that. Just let him do it. Just move on. So really quick, my immediate interpretation of that is Joe Judge is out. We've heard, like, you know, it's assumed now that Matt Patricia is not going to be heavily involved in the offense, if involved at all, mm-hmm. in it from a coaching perspective, because now you have Bill O'Brien, and obviously even before that, they were uh, interviewing for that position. Right. But this makes me think, okay, Joe Judge is not going to be around the quarterbacks again. Especially with like the yeah da 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 Bill, do you understand how just dynamic the red zone could possibly be? I don't see. I don't think you're you're giving enough credit. Shut up, Joe. So I don't know how much this extends to you know wide receiver coaches, tight end coaches. There was a report out there that Clem might be now up for coaching the offensive line. I don't know what that means for Billy Yates or if this is something where O'Brien comes in and. Belichick saying like, hey, what do you think of the lay of the land right now from the coaching positions and who would you like to work with? Like, who would you like your lieutenants to be? It sounds like, though, at least my immediate takeaway from that is sayonara, Joe Judge. Area is, you know, a very dynamic area of the field. It's very Yeah, not when, when you're you coaching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not really. Not really when you're there. Um, well, on that same note, Curran addressed the potential future of Matt Patricia. My feel is that they're going to let Matt make a decision on what Matt feels is best for him. Um, he's, I, I believe he will always have a comb on the staff someplace if he decides that he wants to stay. The Kraft family thinks the world of him. Bill obviously over and over and over again praised him and probably understands that he has to extend the loyalty to Matt. I put him in a horrible spot this year. The contract's up with the Lions. Um, we would have to get him a, a contract and some commensurate pay to keep him here. What does he want to do? What's the role? What's the title? But Matt has to decide after a very difficult year. And, I mean, he's in so many ways the, you know, poster child for what we watched this year. Does does he want to stick around and feel radioactive? So that that's my best guess. It's in, The ball was in Matt Patricia's court, um, and he'll figure out what he wants to do. All right, that's a really charitable way of putting it, I think, on on the part of Tommy Curran there. You're right. 
Matt Patricia is radioactive, but he's radioactive everywhere. It's not like there's going to be some other teams trying to uh, like his stock's got to be tanked right now. Everybody looks at him as the main, the poster boy of the failure that was the Patriots' offense this year, and before that, he was the poster boy of the failure in Detroit. I mean, this is this is a guy that no one else is going to touch. I don't think this is just my opinion. I don't know. I can't speak for these teams. I just don't think there's going to be any market at all for Matt Patricia. So when they say, "Well, it's up to you, Matt. Do you want to go out there and see what you can do, or do you want to stick around?" here and have some nebulous job that's not going to pay very much because we don't really want to pay you much because you were only here because you were getting paid by the Lions still. I feel like you know, if I'm Matt Patricia, I'm like, well, geez, guys, you gave me a job that you knew I couldn't do. My value is as low as it could possibly be. If I wanted to go out and find another job, I probably can't right now. So, yeah, I guess I'll stay. Like, you know, like what a it's really it's like no decision at all. Like that that whole thing. If I'm him, I'm I'm kind of resentful of of that whole line of thinking. I mean, there's no I don't think there's any other options for him right now. He has to stick around. So it, it puts him in an awkward situation on a lot of fronts, look, in the first place, for him to choose what's best for him, I think he's kind of already proven that he doesn't have that in him. Like for Bill Belichick to come to him and say, what do you think about being play caller? And him saying, I think I'm qualified to do that. I'm going to, you know, step up to bat here. When everybody else can see right away that that's not really going to make sense for the team or for him. Mm-hmm. Like, if he's trying to get back in the ring and trying to get big coaching jobs, not just with the Patriots, but have success that might lead to success elsewhere and, like, get some momentum back in his career, I think everybody would have said last March, last February, like, that's not the move. And just because maybe he was too close to the situation and he remains too close to be able to see the forest for the trees. But the other side of it is, is then, okay, where else does he fit on this staff? Because now you've retained, we think, Gerard Mayo. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been an official announcement or a statement or a leaked you know, story to Schefter or anybody else. But he's apparently sitting in there on these interviews all last week with right. the offensive coordinators. So Gerard Mayo's not going anywhere. If anything, he's being well elevated on the staff. And the other coach on the defensive side is Bill Belichick's son. So it's not like he can just bop over to defensive coordinator, it seems like. Does he go to Bill and say, you know where I think the best place for me is? Like the best time that I was, the last time I was calling plays on the defensive side of the ball in the Super Bowl. And I made that tremendous play in the Super Bowl where I made that Like, Is that what his read is going to be? And then Bill's going to say, well, you know, on the one hand, I have the heir apparent with Gerard Mayo on that side of the ball. And he's not going anywhere because... The crafts have done everything they can to keep him around, and he's my right-hand man now. And the other one is literally my son. So where do you fit here, Matt? Like, okay, so you go back into some, as you said, nebulous kind of like front office role where... The Ernie Adams role. He's, he's okay, he's taking part of Belichick's brain and putting it in a jar and being able to execute it that way. Like, I think Bill already has a couple people on staff who are doing some form of that job. I, I really... It's a, it's a tough position for him to be in if you're feeling empathetic towards Matt Patricia. At the same time, it was his own judgment who kind of put him put himself in this place. Yeah, I'd agree with that 100%. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Let's take a call real quick. Ethan is in Providence with a thought on, uh, well, a player who may not be coming to New England now. Go ahead, Ethan. Hi, I just want to say thank you for taking my call first. And uh, my my question is, uh, obviously with Bill O'Brien, I, I can't really see DeAndre Hopkins coming, but 
you guys think there's a chance based off of how much he truly loves Bill Belichick? I mean, he talked about him so much before we played him this year. That Hopkins would come to New England because he likes Belichick so much? I, I mean, listen, I, I'm sure he likes him just fine. I think that he has a no-trade clause, right? Isn't there a no-trade for Hopkins? I think there is. So he can decide where he wants to go. I would imagine that New England, with Bill O'Brien there, went on that list. I would imagine that that's probably on the no-trade no list. No list now, uh, based on the reported conversation that was had between those two. Unless, hey, unless DeAndre Hopkins is really big on forgiving and forgetting, I would think that that's probably a bridge that's been burned, if I had to guess. And there's so, other receivers out there, but that one you could probably cross right off. Doug Hyde, uh, previously with Nesson and Pro Football Focus, he's a free agent right now, I believe, uh, he had this interesting stat that he tweeted out today. He said, went back to look how Bill O'Brien utilized receivers in Houston. It's crazy how it was DeAndre Hopkins just dominating targets every year over six seasons, four games. DeAndre Hopkins was well ahead of any other receivers uh, with 8,246 yards. Damn. Mm. Yeah. I mean, for, even though those two obviously uh, were well on the outs to the point that he couldn't play for Bill O'Brien towards the end, had to get out of Houston. Uh, he was very productive with Bill O'Brien. He was. And those other receivers were kind of bad. <laughs> you know, there was like Will Fuller and, yeah, you know. Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin, guys like that. I mean, like Hopkins was the main guy. He was the main target, and he was talented enough that you could give him that kind of volume. And I think that that's uh, an important part of all this. But, yeah, I mean, just from an interpersonal perspective, you know, you talk about, well, Mac Jones wants to be coached harder. Okay, He'll coach you harder, but he can also maybe Bill O'Brien in the past has crossed some lines with players before, like, you know, comparing them to Aaron Hernandez. Uh, O'Brien in the past, by the way, known for being a red ass. Uh, his ass Wait, you keep saying very that. red. What? what is that? You've never heard that expression before? I've heard it, but I never know what it means. A red ass is just someone who's sort of angry and irritable all the time. <laughs> like, you know, just someone who gets because they're kind of pissed spanked? off on the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, sort of. I don't know if it's a like spank thing. mad at the spanking? No, it's just their ass oh. is red. Maybe that's it, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you about a red ass, Tom. <laughs> so wouldn't you just call them like a hothead? Um, no, I'm going to call him a red ass. Okay. Uh, but either way, this is uh, something that he's been known for for a long time, even back in the old Brady days. And Brian Hoyer, who was a quarterback for Bill O'Brien, had uh, this to say back in 2015. Is this 2015 when we, uh, when we have this audio from? Um, this is uh, Brian Hoyer, and I was take a little walk down memory lane just to get an idea of, you know, 10 or so years ago, a little less than that, what Bill O'Brien's temperament was like. Here he is, uh, Brian Hoyer, talking about Brady and the uh, nickname that they had for O'Brien. We felt it was justified. We put it on, on the teapot like it was a Stanley Cup. So I brought a teapot in one day, and Tom and I thought it would be funny to you know, just keep adding the story. So at a certain point, I, kept, I started writing them down in my notebook. So then finally when we brought the teapot in, we, we started wrapping it around, and eventually it was pretty pretty much full. You thought of having it shipped back down here? Or yeah, you I'm thinking about it. I don't, I'm not really sure where it is. I, I know it's up there still, but... Um, you know, that's something we'll have to find out, see if we can get it down here. So, Bill O'Brien was nicknamed the teapot because he would he boil like, and bubble and whistle and get all upset. teapot. <laughs> Short and stout <laughs> and so forth. But, yeah, that was his nickname. He was the teapot because his temper would boil over, I guess. That was the uh, that was the thing. And then whenever there was a moment where he was being – you know how, like, at Ohio State, when you make a good play, they put the Buckeye sticker on your helmet? Mm -hmm. So what they did, every time Bill O'Brien lost his temper, they put a sticker on the teapot. <laughs> and uh, after that big blow-up on the sideline with O'Brien and Brady, you know, cursing each other out, I guess the thing was just covered in stickers. So that was like – that was sort of a running joke back then. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if that's still his uh, his disposition.
Those guys were so crazy. <laughs> uh, Bill O'Brien, I remember, I actually remember best from, I mean, not best, but most fondly from Hard Knocks, the mm. season with the Houston Texans. Right. The amount of F-bombs that he was <laughs> able to drop on HBO was magnificent. I say that as somebody who in my off-air life drops a lot of F-bombs, mm-hmm. but this guy could not get through like two sentences without at least two or three just sprinkled in there. And I think that's just his nature. This is some sh- <laughs> What was that from? Was you swearing, of course. I think, was I quoting, uh, was I quoting like uh, Antonio Brown or something I think in that you were point? saying, this, this is some shenanigans. Oh. Ah. <laughs> okay. There it is. Someone got creative with the editing. Um, Bill O'Brien, listen, we, we know the whole thing about Mac wanting to be coached harder, and we know that Bill O'Brien is certainly up for that uh, for that task. When we talk about coaching someone harder in relation to what was happening with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge this past year, does that mean getting in your face and saying bleep you, or does that mean knowing what the hell you're talking about? Like, you know, I feel like that definition is kind of up in the air. Well, doesn't he f- doesn't he check both boxes? He definitely checks both he boxes, knows but what I wonder he's talking about. which one is Mac, what, what is it that Mac craves? I is think he, he wants both. You think so? I think so. Like, I think he wants somebody who will get in his face, and I can't wait. I, I hope... That we get fiery, like, pouting, really pissed off Mac. And then he turns and starts barking at uh, at O'Brien. O'Brien just starts barking back. And the two, like, get in each other's faces at training camp or something. <laughs> just two dogs. Like a manager like, and an umpire. <laughs> yeah, or like what happened to me at the dog park this morning. Like, yeah. Where a dog bit my dog and then bit me. That was cool. Don't bring your dog to a dog park if they are, their behavior is like that. But um, he got bit by a dog. You know, you, you know that's like a crime, <laughs> right? Might. When uh, when when a dog when someone else's dog no bites you, you can flesh was broken. Doesn't matter. You still press charge. Dog after practice. Oh, didn't realize that. Uh, but Tom yeah. Brady speaking has a gash in his leg, bitten by one of the security dogs. <laughs> it's a mean plan. <laughs> Not nice. It's kind of mean. Stop it. Stop with that drop. We um, love mutt and we miss mutt. Uh, we do. Laura. I think I'm saying that right from the Boston I think so. Club. I think you got it. You got it there, Mutt. Uh, <laughs> 617-779-7937. There's your phone number. Um, I think with uh, with some of the info that we've gotten here so far, if if these two guys are at each other's throats all the time, entertaining, yes. Good for the team? No, that means things aren't going well. Not if they're all the time. If they're MFing each other and I'm they're constantly yelling and screaming, you're not doing that twice, when the offense is functioning. You once know? or twice a season. Okay. Give me that. If once or twice Give a season. Give me a training I can live with. camp fight. That'd be awesome. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, training camp, let, let it rip. Especially uh, you might as well. like, if Bill O'Brien does a thing where, oh, like, you know, he comes in and now Mac's a bad boy because Mac's been a bad boy the whole second half of the season. And he's like, you know, it's kind of like uh, in Talladega Nights mm-hmm. where he, where they're, the two kids are out of control and the grandma oh, yeah. comes in and they're like, you're going to break us like wild horses, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> like that's going to be Bill O'Brien I'm the magic in. man now. Yeah. Right? Coming at you like a spider monkey. Yeah, I'm hopped up on Mountain Dew. 617-779-7937. There is your phone number. What we're going to do right now is take a quick break from the Bill O'Brien Patriots offensive coordinator news, switch gears, and talk with the Razor. Razor? I don't know. You tell me. Andrew Raycroft from Nesson joins us next to talk about the red-hot Boston Bruins. 
When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Bergeron breaks it out of his skates. McAvoy to Pasternak. Oh, a deadly one-timer. Charlie McAvoy, patient, waiting for the seam to open and made sure it got there with steam on it. your Boston Bruins. They just can't lose. By the way, I'm looking at a definition of red ass from Urban Dictionary. It goes back to the days of Babe Ruth. It's a description of a sudden rage. Huh. Uh, people who are prone to sudden outbursts of rage are known as red ass. It's but one of those rage things. Rage or sudden rage? Is that because they're gingers um, and those people have short tempers? Maybe. It's one of those things you know it when you see it. And you know, it's you like know porn. hair everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You know it when you see it. It's, uh, it's one of those type of deals. And joining us right now on the Harbor One Hotline, brought to you by Shaw's and Star Market, bringing people together around the joys of food by John Sewer and Drain Cleaning, the name to know when your drains don't flow, and by Frank's Red Hot. Visit franksredhot.com for great hockey and football watching recipes. Let's frank it up. Razor, Andrew Raycroft. Is it Razor or The Razor? Does it matter? The razor, of course, but no. Well, you call me whatever you want. Uh, I'll answer to pretty much anything these days. I mean, razor's cool, but the razor is like you know what I mean. That adds like a little bit more yeah. importance to it. I feel like you know you're the razor, the singular razor. <laughs> yeah, right. Like there's other razors, but you're the razor. Um, anyway, razor. I want to start with Linus Allmark, who broke I think a record that had been up for ninety something years with the Bruins, the fastest to twenty five wins. Um, Swayman's playing well now too. Can you remember a time when Bruins goaltending was quite this good? Well, I was that. I mean, the, the six years I was here, I would say, <laughs> of course. So it was 14, 15 years ago. <laughs> um, no, of course not. This is this is wild, and to have twenty victories in twenty eight decisions through just over half the season is that, that is that it's absolutely mind boggling to me. And and how good this league is, how many great players there are on a nightly basis that these goalies are facing, and. To be able to bring it every night it has been spectacular. And, and to have Swayman go through his injury and a couple tough starts and be getting his game where it's at right now really helps this team in the next 35 games plus playoffs because now you can 
you can play each other off. They could they could alternate the rest of the season, have everyone well fresh, well refreshed, and and again, you're probably going to need two goalies at some point, even if you go on a Stanley Cup run. Uh, so the Razor, <laughs> Charlie McAvoy had a goal and an assist in that win over the Sharks two nights ago. How close? To 100% or his 100%, do you, would you say he is after coming off that shoulder surgery and rehab? Yeah, I would say he's close. And those guys, uh, the, the Marshawns, the McAvoys, the Grizzlicks, you know, there was that honeymoon comeback, lots of adrenaline, excited to go. They had their big bump. But they all knew and they all recognized that it was going to be a month later where that was going to be the hard part, where they were the training that they didn't get in the summer was starting to be felt and you had to retrain yourself and just the grind of the daily, the daily NHL stress. And I think you're seeing that out of all three of them. I think where the way Marshawn's playing right now, the way Grizz is getting his game, he's also been scoring the last three or four games. And then of course, McAvoy. So I think they're getting really close to now having their game conditioning, their, their daily, weekly NHL conditioning at a level that they expect to be at and where they can really work on their game as well. It's not just maintenance. It's not just getting rehab done. They can they can get stronger on and off the ice. After that Seattle loss, which is, I think, the only loss they've had in the last, I don't even know how long, uh, but after that game, the defensemen got together. I think McAvoy was telling the story, and they sort of realized that in terms of defense scoring, they were kind of down. Uh, in the uh, in the league, and since then they've really made a point of going out there and, and attacking. Um, what are some of the pros and cons of uh, of the decor, especially a strong one like they have here right now, uh, getting more aggressive like that? Well, it's really important in the in the NHL these days, and I think it's another layer. We you know the playoffs the last few years, so much talk about secondary scoring with this team, right? And so much going into season secondary scoring. Well. Secondary scoring a lot of time comes from the back end in the National Hockey League now. And if it's not the, the actual goals, it started with the defense jumping in the rush or it started with the defense working in the offensive zone to get pucks through, don't get blocked shots, get them on net. And, and that's why that's so important for this group and to, to be active. And so, so there's, there's not many cons. I, I think the way – they understand the the situation of the game, the way they all understand what the system is of this Boston Bruins, and especially the way the centermen understand the defensive system of this group. When you have Patrice Bergeron on the ice, he recognizes when everyone else is in trouble defensively, and, and that includes the defensemen. He's able to, to work off of that and, and protect and, and cover guys up. So, I've really loved their aggressiveness in the offensive zone. You're going to see the weak side defenseman, the defenseman on the opposite side of the ice of the puck, way down, far close to the net, like Derek Forbert scoring in Long Island the other day. And that's really what's helping score more goals and also keep them in the offensive zone. The best defense is offense. Uh, looking at the trade, uh, different trade scenarios, is there a realistic scenario in which the Bruins could bring in Bo Horvat from the Canucks, and what kind of fit would he be here? Well, he, in, it seems like a good fit because he's a young centerman who they could sign and have here in the future. Um, right now, I'm not sure the fit with, with Bergeron, Krejci, Coyle. Um, you could move him around, I suppose, the forward position. I think the issue with, with Bo Horvat is they're going to have to give up roster players 
for him. Um, I'm not sure if they're in the market enough, if there is going to be somebody else who wants him just a little bit more. So uh, he's a great player and, and again, a great up-and-coming centerman. So, so that fits the bill in the future. I don't know what that looks like over the next few weeks, few months for this group, and, and what they would they give up more than what some of the other teams would want to give up for them. Are they in a place right now where they are so focused on this year and everybody calling it the last dance and everything where they're not really even looking at a trade that would maybe be something for the next couple of years? Uh, well, I think we've seen that they're very, they've done a really good job of with the Taylor Halls and the Hampus Lindholms of getting guys that want to come here and want to play here. A lot of, a lot of players in the NHL want to play in Boston. It, it's a great town for NHL hockey players. It's a great place to live. They all really enjoy coming here. So that's an easy draw. So the Bruins have shown over the last couple of years that they're, they've been able to build for now and the future. Uh, I would say my personal opinion this year is, I, I'm giving up every first-round pick. I'm giving up every prospect to, to make this team better. I, I am not too worried about the future when I have Lena Salmark, Jeremy Swayman, Taylor Hall, Pavel Zaka, Tampus Lindholm, and Charlie McAvoy in my lineup. We can build around that. I want to win right now, and, and I'm, I'm willing to sell all the prospects and all the first-round picks for it. We're talking with Andrew Raycroft. Speaking of those prospects, yesterday we heard that Mark McLaughlin was getting called up, and I sort of wondered, I think a lot of people did, why maybe Fabian Lysel or Georgie Merkulov or uh, Toporowski or one of those guys uh, still down there in the uh, in the minors while we get another look at McLaughlin, who we've all sort of seen before. And if you want to showcase some of those guys that you were just talking about for a trade or just sort of see what they have at the NHL level, why not call up one of them? Well, because it's better to have them there playing. It's better to have them continue their development there. Uh, it's it's really hard to play in the NHL, and it's really hard to get to the NHL. And there's a, the the guys in the minors that have to work and, and get their craft. And to have them come up for a few games here isn't going to make a difference on what other teams think of them in the next month. What you know, whether they score three goals or they score zero goals over a, a seven game stretch here in the NHL isn't really going to change. And, and at the end of the day, you have to, you, you have a guy in Mark McLaughlin that had a great training camp. He had a great 10 games at the end of last season. You have to also reward those guys within the organization. All right. We'll leave it right there. Then Andrew Raycroft, the razor. Great to talk with you again. As always, we'll talk to you next week. You too, gang. Have a great night. All right. Thank you. Andrew Raycroft and Nesson joining us here on Sports Radio WEEI. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the other winner team who still continues to have problem with, of all teams on God's green earth, the Orlando frigging Magic. They just can't beat them. The Boston Celtics can't. We'll uh, react to that. And also an uh, interesting exchange between Joe Mazzula and another media member. That's all coming up next. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.00. 50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.